Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Amen. Hallelujah. Morning. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. Anybody believe Jesus? Amen. That he's a miracle working God. Amen. Anybody believe Jesus can do exceeding and abundant? It doesn't matter what you think. He can do even better than what you think. And he wants to do it. We just got to let him. Let him work this morning. Amen. Those of you that know who he is, I want you to worship him this morning. I want you to adore him this morning. If you know him, I want you to give him the honor and the praise because God wants to do something in this place. It's all up to us what we allow God to do. If we will allow him, he will do it. If we don't allow him because he's a gentleman, he's not going to force himself on us. That's what a gentleman do. A gentleman say, will you come? And it's up to you whether you come or not. If you don't come, it's up to you. But if you know who Jesus is, and when he says, will you come, you know what you say? Sure, I'm coming, Lord, I'm coming. Oh, my God. You come. And whatever he asks you to do, you said, sure, Lord, because you know he cares about you. We're going to get into the word of the Lord this morning and see what God wants to say to our heart. Luke chapter 10, verse number 25. Luke chapter 10, verse number 25. Verse 25 says, and behold, a certain lawyer. Somebody say lawyer. lawyer. I want you to follow me as I read this morning. Uh, a lot of times we read the Bible and we kind of read it like we're reading the newspaper or the internet. We're just trying to read through to figure out what's the punchline. So we read it trying to hope we hear the punchline or see the punchline. But that's not God's word. God does not say an idle word like you and I. Me or you can talk about something and we'll talk about it and, you know, we'll say a little of this, a little of that, which means nothing, just trying to get to the real idea of what we're saying. But God doesn't do that. That's why this word is so special. When God, when we read God's word, every jot, every tittle, every word in this book means something. So we can't just skip over it and look for the punchline. You followed me? All right. Let me start over again. And behold, a certain lawyer, that means he knows the law, stood up and tempted him, saying, he was testing Jesus. He said, he's testing, making, him, making it sound good, though. Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, whether we want to admit it or we don't want to admit it, all of us wants to know that. What do I need to do to inherit eternal? All of us want to know that. That's a big question because, you know, there's so many people that have their own idea of how you will get to heaven. Many of us have our own idea. I've, I've heard it. I can, if, I, if I ask a hundred people gathered in a place, whether they go to church or not, I can ask a hundred people, Tony, how can you inherit eternal life? And I'll probably get 90 different answers. There's a problem there. Why? Because God is one and he only has one way. But all of us have a different way in our mind. So how will we get eternal life if we all have this idea of how to get it? And God is saying, this is the way. But we have all these different ideas. What's going to happen if we have our own idea of what we think should happen? work for us to get to heaven when God says this way. We have to think about that. 
So this lawyer who knows the law, the word of God, tests Jesus and says, well, how can I inherit eternal life? All right. Jesus, he said unto him, this is what Jesus said unto the lawyer. What is written in the law? How readest thou? He said, you're a lawyer. Go to the law and look what the law says because you're a lawyer. Don't try to test me. I know what the law says, but you tell me what the law says. So the lawyer went to the law. And this is what he started reading. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. The law, the law, the law, the word of God says in order to inherit eternal life, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And then, love your neighbor as yourself. That is how you inherit eternal life. Now, now that's the vision. But the mission now is, well, how do I do all of that? How, how do I love the Lord like that and then love my neighbor as myself? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because we want to know, how do I accomplish that? That sounds good. And that's what we take and run. We take it and run thinking that, okay, I'm going to love God and I'm going to love my neighbor and myself. Well, how do you know how to do that? You don't know how to do that. And so 28 says, and he said unto him, thou has answered it right. This do and thou shalt live. So Jesus, when the lawyer said that, Jesus said to him, you answered right because you read the law right. He says, now that you know that's what the law says, you go do that. Hmm. Verse 29. Here go the lawyer, because he's a lawyer. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You see how we are. So Jesus told him what he needs to do. And he he is trying to wiggle himself out of it or trying to position himself to still get what he wants or to, or to get it done the way he thinks it should be done. So he want to know, well, who is my neighbor, Jesus? Well, we all want to know the same question. So let's just find out who Jesus said is his neighbor. Verse 30. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his remnant And wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest. Somebody say priest. Priest. You know who the priest is? The priest is the guy that is responsible for the sacrifice. Let me just tell you in modern day time, the priest is the pastor. So it says, now here comes the pastor. He came that way. And when he saw the man that was mugged and stripped of his clothes, he passed by on the other side. The pastor saw the man mugged, stripped from his, took his clothes off and just laying there dead, bleeding. And the pastor went on the other side. Now I'm going to tell you why he did later on. He didn't help him. Verse 32. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him 
and passed by on the other side. You know who the Levite was? One of the ministers in the church. He helps the pastor. He also looked on him and said, hmm. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan. Somebody say Samaritan. This dude don't have no religious background. He is just a regular guy that don't know anything about nothing. This guy, as he journeyed, came where he was, the man that was mugged and stripped, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Somebody say compassion. And went to him and bound up his wound, pouring in oil and wine, and setting on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, you know, today we are honoring health care provider. And so this is where God led me to the scriptures. And so look at what this man did. The Samaritan, no religious background. He picked the dude up. And on the spot, he poured some wine, which is alcohol, clean out the, clean out the wounds, bandaged it up, poured some oil in it just to keep it good, and then bandaged it up. He didn't just leave him there. <coughs> After he bandaged the guy up, he put the guy on his beast and said, I'm not done. I'm going to take care of you. And so he took care of him, 35. And on tomorrow... When he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. He took the man up. He dressed his wound. He put him on his beast. He took him to a hotel and said, I'm going to chill with you. He didn't leave him at the hotel. He stayed the night with him at the hotel. You okay, man? You need something to eat? Need something to drink. He was tending to him the whole night. And when the day came, the next day came, and he had to go still on his way, he said to the person that keeps the hotel, listen, here's some money. Whatever you need to do to take care of this man, take care of him. And on my way back, going back home, I'm going to stop again. And if you spent more than what I gave you, I will give you whatever it is that you spent. 36, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? So which one? Was it the priest? Was it the Levite? Or was it this Samaritan that didn't have the religious background? Which one of these three was his neighbor? Verse 37, and he said, he that showeth mercy. This is, this is the lawyer. Jesus broke it all down to him. Here's the lawyer response. And he said, he that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto the lawyer, go, do thou likewise. Go, do thou likewise. It's a whole lot going on here. Father, will you speak to our hearts and let no person, Lord God, be exempt from the touch of your hand and from hearing clearly what the Spirit is saying unto them.
touch lives and change lives, that people will make a declaration and a commitment, that conversion will take place today in the hearts of your people, and that God this day will be made marked down in history where a decision will have been made that we turn from our ways and turn to you. Lord, I pray that the Holy Ghost will do great and mighty things for this next few minutes in this room. For we look to you, Lord, for only you can do what's needed to be done in us and through us and in this place. We call upon the name of Jesus and we pray and ask that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For a few moments, I just want to talk to you on this topic. Love thy neighbor. Tell your neighbor, love thy neighbor. To love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength and with all our mind, that means that every area of our life should focus on God. I know this is, I don't know what to tell you this morning. There are some places you're going to go and hear the word of God preach and listen. The Bible says God changed not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God doesn't change, I have to preach God to you the way he is. I can't make him to be someone else or something else. And I am not here today to preach to you to make you feel good, but I'm here today to preach to you the word of God, and you can determine how you want to feel. (laughs) And so the word of God is telling us, We need to love God with our whole being. He needs to be our central focus. We need to love God with all of us and not just with some of us. Mm -hmm. So when we love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength and with all our mind, guess what? We're loving God with everything we've got. You gotta ask yourself this morning, am I loving God with everything I've got? And if you're not loving God, and if I'm not loving God with everything that I've got, well this morning we've come to this place to hear the word of God, to say, I must love the me. I might not be doing it now, but I understand I need to start doing it. I need to love Him with everything. Gotta go to God who is love. You can't tell me you loving in the way you want to love. You can't tell me you loving however you feel because you didn't originate love. And however you learn to love, where did you get it from? They wasn't the originator of love. It's Almighty God that the Bible said is love. And if we want to know love, we better know God. If we want to know how to love, we better do it like God did. That's the only way. But we keep saying, you know I love you. No, I don't know I love you. I treat you right. I don't know about that. I want to know if you love me like Jesus talked about. I don't want to know about all the other stuff. I want to know if the love like what's written in the book and not how you feel. Because today you might feel like loving me and tomorrow you don't feel like loving me. Next week you might love me and the week after that you don't feel like loving me. I want to know, do you understand who love is and how to show love? I want that kind of love. 
Don't, don't make up stuff. Don't make up stuff. Can I tell you, we need to be grown-ups and say, I'm not doing it that way, but I'm certainly going to try. I'm not doing it the way the Bible says, but I'm certainly going to try. Please, I'm begging you. That's what you need to do. Don't read the Bible when, it come, when you come across something that seems very hard to do. You say, well, I believe the Bible, but I just don't believe in that. I believe the Bible, but I just don't believe in that. Why don't you believe in that? Because it's hard. And all the other stuff you believe in, why? Because it's easy. Either the Bible is the Bible and everything is right or it's not. And so when you read the Bible and the things you know that you can do and you agree with, you said, yeah, I'm doing that and I believe that. And the ones that's hard that you're not doing, you say, uh-oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But, but guess what? I'm going to try to do that because if God said it, I better start trying to work it out. If God said that's what I need to do, I better start doing it. I'm not doing it now, and I'm not going to act like I'm never going to do it. I have to begin to work at it because God is right, and I need to do what God says. Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. How did God demonstrate it? Love to us. How did he do that? Listen to me. Here is the definition of love. According to Jesus. That's the definition. Not according to me. Not according to you. Not according to somebody that's been around. Not according to your dad. Not according to your mom. Not according to your grandma. Here's what the one who is love. Here is what he says love is. It's not written in the Bible like this, but I'm going to show you that this is what it's really saying. Love is sacrificing whatever necessary to do what is best for who you love and to please them. I'm giving it to you again. Love is sacrificing whatever necessary to do what is best for who you say you love, and to please them. Now, you want me to explain why I came up with that? Here's why I came up with that. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. For God so loved the world. Okay? God is love, and he loved us. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, let me stop and slow down for a minute for all of you that don't know this. So, God who in the beginning was a spirit. Did ever, does everybody know that? In the beginning, God. He was a spirit. You couldn't see him. So as he ruled the universe, he ruled it by his power. You couldn't see him. And so when he decided that I will demonstrate love, he said, how will I demonstrate love? Here is how he said he will demonstrate love. He said, my children are in trouble, and they need me. And because I love them, I have to do whatever is necessary to save them, to do what's best for them, to please them. I have to do what's best because my children need me. And so guess what? The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no removal of sins. 
Now, how can God shed his blood and remove your sins if he's a spirit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can God shed his blood to remove your sins if he's a spirit? It's not possible, right? We can we can agree on that. It's not possible. Spirit spirit don't have blood, so it's not possible. So here's what God did. He did whatever was necessary. He became human. He was a spirit. He had to become human in order to have flesh and blood. So when you see and hear about Jesus, you're not just reading about the Son of God. You're reading about God Himself became human as a son. You're not having no father separate from no son. No, the father became the son in flesh. He did whatever was necessary. You're sitting back saying, ah, some of you are trying to figure that out. How does that work? Or ah, I'm not sure if that's right. And you're going through all of that in your mind right now. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying and you're saying that's right. But here is the deal. You've got to understand everything that God does, it's generated. It comes from a place of love because God is love. So every action that he shows, it's coming from a place of love. So in Instead of him telling uh, some son, uh, saying, listen, I'm the father and you're the son. So what I want for you to do is go down to heaven, go down to earth, uh, and I want you to die for them. I'll still be here as the father. What love is right about that? Sam, you got three sons. Somebody breaking your house and they trying to kill your family, your wife and your sons. By the way, happy birthday. Today's Sam's birthday. So today his birthday. Yesterday was his wife's birthday. But, but somebody breaking your house and they trying to hurt your family. Where little Sam at? Is that way around here? Okay. Come here, little Sam. Real quick. Hurry. Run, 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 run. I know you're cool and everything, but come on. So, so, so here we go. Let me, sh- let me show you what y'all be thinking when y'all think um, God sent his son. So the, 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 the burglar people break into the house. Stand behind me. Uh, no, no, you stand in front. The burglar people break into the house and they want to kill my family. And I'm like, hold on. I'm the dad and I can make more sons. So just kill him. <laughs> That's what y'all been believing for a long time. Come here, Sam. Don't go anywhere. That's what y'all been thinking. I'm the dad and since I'm the dad and I made him, I can make more. So just kill, kill him and we'll be all right. You think that's what God did? Well, that's what y'all believe when y'all say he sent his son. That's what y'all believe in when, y'all, when, when we come to that doctrine, God sent his son. That's what y'all believe in. And that ain't love. Why would I send my son? No. If something going down in my house, yo, you got to go through me if you're going to get to them. That's how it works. You got to go through me to get to them. So it was God himself. Thank you. It was God himself that said, I'm a spirit. And in order for me to do whatever is necessary to save my children because I love them, I'm going to have to become a human so I can have flesh and blood, so I can live a life of sacrifice and die on the cross 
and shed my blood so the blood of Jesus Christ will now be the thing that removes sins. And that's the only way we could have been saved. He did whatever was necessary to save us. And if we're going to demonstrate love, we have to do whatever is necessary to show the people who we love that we love them. That's a tough pill to swallow because none of us wants to do that. We draw a line in the sand all the time. I'll do this, but I ain't doing that. Can you imagine God saying, I'll come down to earth in the flesh, but I'm not dying? Just just imagine that. That's kind of how we think. I'm going to go down. I'm going to become a human. I'm going to go to the virgin birth and all that. I'm going to do all of that and get to the earth, but I'm I'm not going to no cross. I'll come down there and I'll do miracles and and, and I'll I'll heal people and I'll do great things. But I'm not going to no cross. I draw the line right there. That's what we use. I draw the line right there. I love you, but ain't no but in God's love. Ain't no but in God's love. God love and that's it. Straight, straight love. So if you ever want to know what is love, love is to sacrifice whatever necessary to do what is best for the one you love and to please them. That is what love is. And when I say do whatever necessary, it has to be righteous because you can't do something unrighteous and then say love is in that. No, it has to be something righteous when I say do whatever necessary. He died for us because he loved us. Our heart is the center of our emotions, our desires, and our affections. Our soul is our being and uniqueness. It's who we are. Our strength refers to our will, our drive, what moves us, what drives us. How do we, how, how do we, uh, uh, what's our will? How are we motivated? That's our strength. And our mind is the center of our intelligence. It's where we process our thoughts. And God is saying, I want you to love me in every facet of your being. I want you to love me with every facet of your being. So, strength. I'm here clapping. And I'm tired. I will myself to keep praising God. See, that's, that's, that's what people don't understand. Why is he doing that? Why is he? Because I'm making myself love my God. When you love somebody, you make yourself do what you got to do. You don't do it because you feel or you don't feel. You make yourself do it. And when you don't feel like doing it, you still do it. Most women know what I'm talking about. Because when you have children, you do whatever you have to do to make sure that baby is taken care of. And so you've got a little bit of idea how our God feels about us and what he's talking about when I say do whatever is necessary. You don't think about it. My wife did this, and I remember my mom saying she did this. Don't want to gross you out, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And some of y'all, like me, that's foreigners, know all about this. Baby sick, baby young, baby stopped up, baby got cold in his nose. I know mothers put their mouth on the baby's nose and go, yeah, you can say that's nasty. But I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, do whatever is, 
Are you getting what I'm saying today? I, I want you to understand when we say we're doing, we're loving like God says. It means do whatever is necessary. It doesn't matter. You just love that person and you're doing everything you can to let them know. I care about you. Whatever is necessary. And when you do whatever is necessary, sometimes they won't even realize you're loving them. Ask your children. Because sometimes the way you love them, they got so mad at you. Yeah, but you knew what you were doing. You knew you were loving them. They just didn't understand. Which brings me to the point of this. God is loving us, and we get mad with him. God, God, because everything he does, it comes from a place of love. He's loving us, and we're getting upset. We're getting frustrated. I can't do that. That's just too much. I can't go to church that often. I can't keep doing it. And God is trying to love us because he knows what's best for us. That's God being our parent. He loves us. I'm getting ready to close up. These words, heart, soul, strength, and mind. It, 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 it's, it's, it's demonstrating complete love. Loving God with everything. Not just with some things, but loving God as a whole person. We must know God and love God to be able to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We must know God and love God. Here is where it all starts for us. We have to come to the place where we will pursue God so we can know Him. I was thinking this morning about how none of us, when we saw the person we hooked up with, loved them right away. You didn't love them right away. It was something about them you saw. I don't know what that is. I'm staying away from that. But you saw something and you say, hmm. Then you pursued them. Now you knew how you pursued them. But you pursued them. Because you saw what you liked. And you was going to go and get what you liked. So you pursued them. You wouldn't stop. You, 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 you came up with ways tragedies. You came up, you invented some things to say, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get him. And so you came up with ways to do that. But the bottom line is you pursued them in some way, shape, or form so you can get them. Well, we're not just going to wake up and love God. You're not going to wake up and love God. You're going to have to pursue him. You're going to have to pursue him. And guess what? You, you, you will know because we already see the residue of what God does. We have already seen how God has blessed us and how God has kept us. Many of us in here in this room today can probably say, I could have been dead. I was in a situation where I almost died. I was in a place where my life could have been taken, but I was kept. Why? You, you, you thought something, it was luck? You thought it was by chance? You thought you were just preserved because of nothing? 
nothing? Oh, no, baby. God already knew. He was looking down on you. And he said, she will not die. He will not die. Their life will not be taken. I'm their God. And I'm going to give them opportunities to see me, to know me, and to live for me, and to have eternal life. You could have been dead. You could have been God. But God kept you. God kept you. So you already know the goodness of God. Why are you not pursuing Him now? When you saw that girl or when you saw that guy, it was something that you saw in them and you pursued them. Well, what did you see in God? Didn't you see that God is good? Didn't you see that God is wonderful? Didn't you see that God loved you? Didn't you see that God wants to be with you? Didn't you see that? Then pursue God. You only gonna know God and fall in love with Him if you pursue Him. Somehow we wanna just snap our fingers, blink our eyes, and we fall in love with God. Well, you didn't fall in love with your boyfriend or your girlfriend just by snapping your hand. It was some time spent. It was some time you put in to pursue them. And that's how you fell in love with them. You fell in love because you started learning about them. You fell in love because you started seeing some things firsthand of what you liked about them. That's how you fell in love. Well, how do you think you're going to fall in love with God? you got to get a close-up with Him. you got to come to know Him. And that's how you're going to fall in love. You gotta pursue God and know Him to fall in love with Him. Listen, there is no such thing. Burst the bubble real quick. There is no such thing as loving them from afar. I just messed you up. There is no such thing. Either you love them or you don't, but you're not loving them from afar. That is not accurate. You know how I can tell you that? God could have stayed in heaven and loved you from heaven. <laughs> he could have just kept sitting on his throne. I love y'all. Well, you know, I still do miracles, but I'm not coming down there. I'm just loving you from afar. I still send matter from heaven, but I'm not coming down there. He could have loved you from afar, and he never loved you from afar. So how you come up with you love them from afar? <laughs> Help us, Jesus. So Jesus showed us what love is all about. And if we're going to love, that's how we must love. The way Jesus showed love is the way we must love. And so I move to close out this message. Jesus explained to the lawyer what he had to do to obtain eternal life. Don't miss that point. Remember when we started out? It started out, this whole thought and interaction started because this lawyer wanted to have eternal life. That's where it started. And God told him what he must do. Love the Lord thy God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength, and with all his mind. He told him to love God with everything he's got. Then he told him, and then love your neighbor as yourself. When he told them the second part, 
this must have caused some issue for him. Because we all pretty much know we're supposed to love God. We just don't, I don't know, put the work in to pursue God, to know him, and to love him. So, but we know we're supposed to love him. I think we know that, right? We're just not putting the work in. And hopefully after today, you'll put the work in to pursue him, to know him, and to love him. So the lawyer knew that part. But I think when Jesus told him, now you got to love your neighbor as yourself, I think that messed with him a little bit. I think that caused him some real issue because he may have had what he thought was some lovable neighbors. He may have thought that, you know what? I have some friends. I love them. Some neighbors. I love them because they're just good neighbors. They're kind neighbors. We, we bring food to one another's house. Love his neighbors. Love his friends. And then he had his folks that he went to church with. Oh, I love them. We go to church together. We be praising God together. So he loved his church folks, his religious brethren. He loved his neighbors that was kind of nice to him, not the other ones that were mean. He loved, you know, his family and all that stuff. So, he loved them, but he kind of knew Jesus probably was talking about some other stuff. So Jesus went on to tell him the story of the man that was mugged and robbed. Check this out. The priests and the Levites were Jewish, and the man that was in the street was Jewish. They all kind of believed in Jehovah, Yahweh. They all believed in him. So you would think they would be neighbors. So the very people that was from his own culture, own everything. Hmm. They both walked by. Now let me tell you why they walked by. They may have thought about that he was dead or something. And in the law, it said, don't touch the dead because you'll be unclean. And that right there, Jesus made sure that was recorded so we understand. Nothing is more important than the life of another person. I don't care about no law. I don't care about no stuff that's written. What Jesus wants you to understand is, I don't care what your traditions are. I don't care what your religious belief is. If somebody is hurting, if somebody is sick, if somebody is going through, if somebody's got a situation, it doesn't matter what they believe and what you believe. It just come down to love your neighbor as yourself. And that could have been you. And if you want somebody to tend to you when you're going through and when your days look dark, you better love somebody because the Bible says we will reap what we sow. And if I want somebody to tend to me when things are wrong and things are bad, I better tend to somebody when something is wrong with them. Throw out the laws. Throw out what you believe. Throw out what you think and tend to that person because the Bible says we need to love our neighbor as our 
Oh, help us today, Almighty God. This is about going to heaven. I know you thought going to heaven means coming to church. I know you thought going to heaven means I'm going to praise God. I know you mean you think going to heaven means I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. Oh, yes, you got to do all those things. But going to heaven is going to require you to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and loving your neighbor as... That's the Word of God. There's no escaping that. You can come up with every way you want to come up with. And let me tell you something. When you love God, here is it. Here, here it go. When you love somebody, you listen to what they say. You do what they ask you to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to get quiet on that one. God's going to really have some issues with some of us. You want me, you want me to give you a real quick one? You know, lady... Especially um, foreign men. I, I can say that. I can say that. They like to have their cooked food every day they come home. Don't matter. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, doesn't matter. Foreign men, they like to come home and eat. I don't know. It's just something. They want hot food. That's what they talk about. I want my hot food. And woman, wife, when you love that man... And you know what time he come home, and you're trying to get it together. You know what you say? I got to make my husband's dinner. Oh, yeah, that's what you say. I got to make his dinner, if you love him, that is. And so because you know what he wants, you do what pleases him. So what you think is going to happen with you talking about you pursuing God? When he tell you what to do, what you going to say? God, I love you, but I'm not all into all of that. And he's going to say, yeah, but you do everything for that man. Uh-huh. You going to deal with that with God? You do everything for that man, and you can't do that for me, the one that died for you, the one that gave his life for you, the one that allowed you to have eternal life. You do everything for that man. Same thing for you, man. You do everything for that wife. And he's saying, you do everything for her, and you can't do that for me. We're going to have to negotiate that with God because that's where we get trouble because we're thinking that we're doing all right. No, go back and look at who you love or who you used to love. You don't want me to say what God just told me. Oh, Lord, that's not good. The people that you with, you don't even love them like the one you used to be with. Uh-huh. Yeah, God just told me. There's some people in here, the person who you're with, you don't love them like the people you used to be with. But God's point of saying that is, you love them that was before this one, and you're trying to love this one too, but what about me? That's what God is saying. What about him? So you can't go to God and tell him nothing because he knows that you're capable. He knows that you've demonstrated love to human beings according to your ability. According to your ability. Now, the love that God is talking about, that agape love, you're going to need the help of God to do that. You need the Holy Ghost to work in you to help you love somebody. But you will get that if you pursue God. I'm out of here. I don't want to get you upset. Only The Lord will get you upset, not me. Don't blame me. Just say, you know what? God is telling him what to say. Your neighbor, according to what we just read, 
is not just your blood relative only. Your neighbor is not just the circle of your acquaintances only. Your neighbor is not just your fellow countryman. You know how we are, foreigners. Like to hang with our fellow countryman. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna go down that road. Let me let me come come back over here, Wayne. Don't start talking about that. That's for another service. Yeah, yeah. Our fellow countryman or our fellow religious brother or sister. It's not just them only. But our neighbor is he or she who we show compassion and love towards to help them in whatever way they need help. That's our neighbor. Our neighbor is not specific people. It's not the person that lived next door to you. It's not the person that lived upstairs. It's not the person that lived downstairs. It's not the person that lived across the street. It's not just them only. But your neighbor is whoever you show compassion and love towards to help them in whatever situation. So you don't have to know their name. You don't have to know who they are. You don't have to know their background. You don't have to know anything about them. That Samaritan man didn't know nothing about that Jewish man that was on the in the streets. He didn't know anything about him. All he knew was that man was in trouble and he showed him compassion and love. God is so brilliant that he brought that story to us so we could understand this. Check this out. Check this out. Don't want to lose you. I'm almost there. He made sure that he made the story about the Samaritan and not the Jew. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't have good relationships. The Jews felt like the Samaritans was below them, beneath them. So when you feel like somebody's beneath you, you don't mind helping them because they're beneath you. I'll, I'll, I'll help you, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm superior to you, so I'll help you. Uh-huh, that's how we behave. And so God made sure he let the one that was not superior according to their culture help the one that is superior. You follow what I'm saying? And so what we do a lot of times is we will only help people when we feel like we're better than them. Uh-huh. But we don't, we don't help the people that we feel like is better than us. And God wanted us to understand that, that that's how deep this go. It's not about people's background or their position or what they have or don't have. Your neighbor is who you decide to love and extend yourself to and have compassion towards and help them in whatever way you can help them. That's our neighbor. You can walk out of this building today and somebody out of nowhere could be in need and it doesn't matter who they are, what background they have, but if you will extend yourself and show them compassion and love, that person now becomes your neighbor, and that's what the Lord is talking about. Love your neighbor as yourself. Treat the people that you encounter like you would want to be treated, and that's what God is asking us to do, is to love our neighbors. Today, we are honoring those that work in health care. You have something going on. Because when you care for people that you don't know, I know you're getting a paycheck sometimes. But when you're caring for them and extending yourself, 
If you will begin to love God, you will begin to do it even so much better. You, it will become so much more different to you. You have no idea. Oh, man, I just heard from God. God wants to bless some of you that are health care provided in this sense. He said, if you will begin to love the people you take care of as yourself, he says, I'm going to open up the opportunities of blessing to flow into your life. Because whatsoever you sow, you will reap. And the way you will care for those people, I'm going to make sure you're cared for double what you're showing them. If you will not look at this as a job. If you will not look at this as I'm doing what I got to do to earn a living. If you will not just look at this as, oh, I went to school for this. But if you will do it because you're saying, I'm loving my neighbor as myself. I'm trying to obey the word of God. I'm trying to inherit eternal life. And therefore, as I care for this person, as I care for that person, I'm going to care for them like it's me. I'm going to treat them like I would want to be treated treated. I'm going to treat them like I treat myself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Will you stand? That word compassion, where it says God had compassion on them. That word compassion is the same word, mercy. And mercy is the aspect of God's love that causes him to help people that are in a miserable state. Just as grace is the aspect of his love that moves him to forgive the guilty. Those who are miserable, maybe either because of them breaking the word of God, breaking the law of God, or they're in a situation that's outside of their control. And they find themselves in a predicament like that. God says, I will show them mercy. They don't have to deserve it. Remember, I tell you, mercy, I've gone to court many times. And I'm usually going to court as a pastor to ask the judge to show mercy to the person they're getting ready to sentence. And I've learned over the years how to approach the judge when I'm asking the judge for mercy. And when you go to the judge to ask the judge for mercy, you can't go and say, judge, you know, I know this person. They're a good person. You know, I, 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 I love them and I've had a long standing relationship with them. I've always had a great relationship. I've never seen anything. You can't go and say that because the judge going to say, I got their record before me. What are you talking about? That's what the judge is going to say. He's going to say, I hear you, but I have a record. I have their rap sheet in front of me. I'm reading their rap sheet. And you're telling me, so I hear what you're saying, but I'm reading their rap sheet. So as a pastor, what I do, I go and I say, Your Honor, this person have made some real terrible decisions. They've done some wrong things. They've gone in a bad direction. They've done some things that... They're not proud of. I'm not proud of. They've done some wrong, Your Honor. And I'm just here to say, have mercy on them. In spite of all the wrong they've done, in spite of all the things that they have, all the people they have hurt, I'm here to ask, Your Honor, have mercy on them. I've been working with them. I believe that this is the crossroad. This is the fork. And I believe they're going to start going in the right direction. I've been working with them for a little bit, Lord. 
Your Honor. And they're going to go in the right way, I believe. Will you have mercy upon them in spite of what they've done wrong? So mercy makes you love your neighbor no matter what they've done. Uh-huh. Get quiet now. Because here's our work. We tend to not want to treat people a certain way because of what we think they have done to us. And so we say, I'm not, mm-mm, they did me wrong. They did me wrong. And what Jesus is telling us is, whether they did you wrong or did somebody else wrong, that doesn't prevent you from showing them compassion, which is called mercy, and say, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do this for you. And you don't do it in any way other than in total love. And love don't boast. You can't claim you love and haughty. Yeah, you want everybody to know what you're doing. That's not love. The Bible says Jesus humbled himself. The Almighty God became man and humbled himself. If God Almighty, who created the universe, created man, blew breath into them and they became a living, if God, who created everything, can humble himself, who do you think you are? And so he has shown mercy on them, and God wants us to show mercy on people. That's how we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. At the end of the text that we read in Luke 10:37, the Bible says, "Then said Jesus unto the lawyer, Go and do thou likewise." I'm here to tell you today, go and do thou likewise. Go and love your neighbor as yourself. Don't let anything stop you from loving people. Doesn't matter. They don't have to be nice to you. They don't have to treat you good. You just have compassion because I never forgot when I read the text finally and it dawned on me when Jesus said, love your enemies. And I said, man, God, that's hard. Then he gave me the revelation. You know why we got to love our enemies? Because if they're an enemy to us, they're an enemy to God. And if somebody's an enemy to God, their future is bleak. They're heading in the wrong direction. And so that's why God told us to love our enemies and pray for them. Because if they're an enemy towards us, you want Bible to, you want Bible to prove that? Remember the Apostle Paul? You don't remember when he was persecuting Christians? And Jesus said to him, you persecute me. Yeah, Jesus is in heaven talking about you persecute me. Obviously, he wasn't persecuting Jesus. But what Jesus is saying is, when you do anything to them, you're doing it to me. So the bottom line is, when your enemy treats you a certain way and they want to hurt you, Jesus said, pray for them. Because if they stay your enemy, they can never get to heaven. Because he says to love your neighbor. That's for all of us, to love our neighbor as ourselves. So if I make you my enemy, how am I going to get to heaven? Explain that. How do you get to heaven if you make somebody your enemy? When the Bible says to have eternal life. Don't miss what we said earlier. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all all of that stuff. And love your enemy. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are two things we have to do to get to heaven. So how can I make you my enemy and get to heaven? Not possible. So when someone becomes your enemy, that's why God said pray for them. Because he said no one should go to hell. No one should ever spend eternity away from Jesus Christ. 
So that's why it should be easy now. When I realized that, I said, oh, yeah, I'll pray for my enemies. It's important to pray for my enemies because if they stay my enemy, it's trouble for them. And we shouldn't despise anybody or have a problem with anyone to the point where we want them to go to hell. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. Let you on the last secret. I'm done. If you wish for somebody to go to hell, I can bet you every dime in my pocket you're going to go to hell. I promise you. I promise you. If you ever say in your mind, they get on my nerves so much, I wish they would just go to hell. I am telling you, you're going to go to hell. What old time people used to say? If you're going to dig a ditch for your enemy, dig two. You ain't never heard that? Oh, you never heard that, huh? You, you, come on, we all a lot of foreigners in here. You heard that before? If you're going to dig a ditch for your enemy, a grave for your enemy, you better dig another one. Because your enemy might go into his or hers, but you're going into yours too. And so the bottom line is, if you wish somebody to go to hell, you will go there too. So that's why God's word is so complete. You can't escape it. So you might as well just go ahead and pray for your enemy. And you might as well go ahead and don't have no enemy with anyone because you can't make it to heaven if you have an enemy. You can't. Because enemy means you're not loving them as yourself. Will you bow your heads? We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful today, thankful for all your goodness and kindness. You brought us a mighty long way. And God, we're here because of your grace because of your mercy, because of your love. Lord, I pray today that every word that's been spoken, oh God, that it will resonate, that it will take root into the heart of your people, and it will grow and begin to produce good fruit in their life. Father, I pray that somebody will make up in their mind today to pursue you, that somebody will make up in their mind today to surrender to you, that somebody will make up in their mind today, Lord God, to obey you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this day will not go for naught. That all that transpired today in this room, it will change our lives for all eternity. Lord, nobody will remain the same, but all will come to a place of repentance all will come to a place of pursuing you. All will come to a place of loving you and loving their neighbors as themselves. I pray that somebody will make up in their mind to surrender to you, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the Spirit of the Lord will deal right now in the heart and the mind of all of the people that are gathered here, Lord God. Whatever they're going through, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I pray for them as my neighbor. The Lord, with everything that is 